What is going on, everyone? Welcome to today's News Tonight, episode 30. And the first episode of 2021. I feel like that's really appropriate here. Uh, and of course, what are what are we going to do for the first episode of the new year? We're not going to talk about today's news at all. <laughs> Instead, we are going to cover our favorite games of last year. So welcome to last year tonight. I'm your host for this episode, Steve Bowling. I'm joined, as always, by my co-founders in Good Vibes Gaming, Ash Paulson in the upper left, Derek Bittner in the upper right over there. I'm over here on bottom. <laughs> uh, well, that's, rather than our it. favorites, I, I actually, I, I want to pick in. up from there because this is this was sort of my idea. So I wanted to sort of pick up from there because uh, you said oh, it's our favorites. And that's technically true, but I also thought it was like more appropriate to look back at just the year in general, what games sort of stood out to us from uh, the releases that probably wouldn't make the list, but also it's like, oh yeah, I played that, or one of us talks about it and like, hey, we missed that, or something to that degree. Just sort of a, a time right. of reflection on yeah, what we played so and what we missed this year. You're making video games deep, man. I love it. That's what I'm. Hey, that's what I'm trying. I feel trying. like 2020 nice. was a blur, and I don't quite exactly remember everything I played this year. So this is probably a great idea because I, I, I'll be honest. If we just go down the list, I'll probably be like, oh yeah, I did play that, and I guess that was 2020. I mean, I had that experience right off the bat with the very first game that kind of caught my off, caught my eye because we're going off the uh, 2020 and video games page off the Wikipedia for all of these. Um, and yeah, the first one that really caught my eye uh, as far as playing, because, you know, we have Monster Hunter World Iceborne, but that was the Windows release that came out early for other ones. Yeah, eh. Really, the first new release we got is Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. No. Which I totally forgot yes. came out. Wait, that wait, was wait, this year, Steve. Wasn't That yeah. was this year. Wasn't no, it was last year. That? It was not this year. Wasn't wasn't Tokyo no. Mirage Sessions like early January? Am I wrong? Yes, it, it came out the same was. day. Oh, the same day. Okay, I feel better. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, we have two to cover here because of Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, which I played and reviewed, and I believe you played as well. Uh, yeah, did I, felt, I review Kakarot. I can't remember. I was so uh, sad when when I didn't get to review this game because as you guys I didn't learned, realize you were such a huge DBZ fan. Yeah, honestly, I like Dragon Ball either. A lot. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, damn it. Um, but fortunately, like, I am very good friends with the PR folks at Bandai, and they know how much I love Dragon Ball. And so they're like, hey, man, you going to review Dragon Ball? And I was like, no. And they're like, just shut up. Take a free copy anyway. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> so nice. I hope well, I reviewed it in that case. Then I cannot remember for the life of me. Yeah. Well, while Derek reviewed it, I just played it. I was like, this is such a good game. I love this goddamn it, game so much. <laughs> it is quite repetitious i will say it that is. it gets extremely repetitious but there are some moments where they just capture those big elements perfectly like it is damn gorgeous i've not played any of the dlc but i think i did if i didn't platinum it, i got very very close because i was just doing everything it's like just for some reason i was hooked Oh, see, for me, I so I've played all the DLC so far. I think Goku now is like level three hundred on my save. Oh god! And nice. <laughs> I so so that game, like you're you're totally right. There's a very repetitious nature to it, um, but there's also like like you said, it gets some things so incredibly right. Like the feeling of flying 
in Kakarot is better than almost any game I've ever played. Like when you're, when you're flying around just kind of lazily, it feels good. But then when you do like the typical Dragon Ball Z, like energy boosted flying where you can just slam through mountains and crap and keep going. (laughs) I love that. And it is one of the best sensations like in any game I played this year because uh, it, it does a lot to kind of play into the whole power fantasy at the core of Dragon Ball. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're high enough level, you literally can fly through enemies and kill them on yeah, your way die. to an objective. Awesome. Which, yeah, it's, it, it, it which is so good. Is really nice considering when those enemies are high, like those random enemies that chase you down can be really annoying. Yeah, yeah. It, they really that can, can be, be a bit much. How would you say it compares to like swinging in Spider-Man? Or in Miles Morales, is it kind of like the Dragon Ball Z equivalent of that? It really feels that. Good? I don't know if it feels to that level, but okay. it's pretty close for a DBZ fan. Like we've we've gone through a lot of games that are middling. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. I would say Kakarot delivers mainly on two fronts. One is that it does have the feel of Dragon Ball combat to it. Like it, it mm-hmm. feels good. The other part is visually, it is probably uh i would say it ties with fighters as like one of the best looking dragon ball games it, ever made it, it captures the 3d nice. feel of dragon ball very well as where fighter has got the 2d feel yeah that is That's absolutely the best gotcha it. yeah but um, very good game not not earth shattering but but a lot of fun to just goof off with and whenever dlc comes out i still pick it up play through the dlc which uh the first dlc was abysmally bad like it was just oof. Not really? fun. Yeah, it, it literally equated to you meet Whis and you get to do some training and you can fight like an end game battle against Beerus, but there was zero story content to it whatsoever. Ugh, uh, the awful. second DLC is way better. Uh, it's, it takes on uh, the battle against Golden Frieza, gives you Super Saiyan Blue, and so you gain a transformation and you actually have story content to back it up. And they introduce a new like group battle mechanic. And a card game for no reason, but um, but it's it's a solid update. I don't know that either of them justify the cost of the season pass yet, though. Sure, Justin Barta kind of lands where I do on DBZ. I I love Dragon Ball Z and and Dragon Ball in general. I have a ton of respect for it, but kind of like Justin. I guess in the game too, but with the anime, I kind of got burned out on it by the Buu saga because I, I realized I was really in it for Gohan. I really wanted to see Gohan, you know realize his his destiny and and you know save everybody and he does (laughs) but then you know the way it kind of happens kind of disappointed me he like goku still kind of has to to swoop in and and sacrifice himself and then after all that i was like i think i'm done for now (laughs) like so correct me if i'm wrong steve that is the boo saga is when is right after gohan beats cell right yes yes it's a a final saga of the series and gohan does get one Truly badass moment that lasts all of five minutes, but it's a great moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. At least it's a good moment. I mean, like tra- Dragon Ball is is not known for its like masterful writing or or great no, right. plot. Like it is, it is fight porn one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's it was always sort of shocked me. One of the reasons I really liked One Piece for the, when I when I was reading it is because. Where Dragon Ball Z had like, all right, we beat this villain. Now, out of nowhere, here's this villain who's even stronger. And One Piece, you know, being another shonen manga, kind of had that. But they'd say like, ah, there's this other guy who's really strong. And then you meet other guys along the way to that guy who are really freaking strong. And you're like, oh, oh, 
that's how strong this guy is. This guy is like, uh-huh. getting more in between sort of gives you an idea of just how much better those guys were when you first met them. Yeah. So gotcha. I enjoyed that. But uh, speaking of anime, <laughs> the <Yeah>. other <laughs> game that came out this this uh, day, uh, January seventeenth, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp Fe Encore. Either of you two play that? I I wanted to. I just didn't get time. I really still want to play this game because I didn't play the original either. And this is one that I really like to stream. Maybe mm-hmm. I just haven't gotten to play either version of this game, and I really want to. So I played through the Wii U version twice. Um, wow. One in Japanese, wow. one in English, and I immediately bought uh, the. I, I immediately bought the Switch version, and then didn't play it at all. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> I mean, why. To be fair, there's not a lot of extra content. In yeah, the th- there isn't, and I mean that's a shame because it. I would have loved to get more out of it. I think there was like the Joker costume in it, but mm-hmm. ultimately I, I really love this game. I think it's fantastic. I bought it on the switch just because I felt like it deserved my purchase uh, because it's, it's, it's a really, really excellent game all around. But yeah, I also didn't feel the need to like go back and it, I, I look at the icon on my switch home screen from time to time. And I'm like, someday, someday I'm going to start this again. And I just, uh-huh. again, it's that RPG, like, you know, it, it, it it's intimidating. I'm like, I know mm-hmm. that this is 40, 50 hours and I just, I got other things to do. So, um, you know, if I hadn't beat it on Wii U, I probably would have beat it this year. But I, I feel like, like you said, Derek, there's just not enough new content in it for somebody that mm-hmm. played the Wii U version to play it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got it on Wii U, played a little bit, but got sidetracked with other things. And was looking forward to playing it on um, Switch. But uh, Amy also picked it up. And I ended up watching her play a good bit of it. She got all the way to the, uh, I want to say the third dungeon where the, um, I think it's Maiko, the young girl. It's not Maiko. Yeah. Or no, Maiko's, Maiko's the older woman. The, the boss, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the little girl joins your party and a little bit after that. So I watched her play it. I played a little bit myself as well, but it was fun seeing her. Memori, thank you, Azran. Um, it was it was cool seeing it, and it's the battle system is fantastic. It's, yes. It does sort of feel like an in-between uh, state between Persona 4 and 5. Like it's that sort right. of middle ground there to get to it. Um, well, as and I, I do pad, want to get to it eventually. Well, as, as Rox's gamepad states, it, it kind of feels more like persona than smt right yeah it, it definitely yeah, yeah, for sure right um, just without Quincy, a day-to-day mechanic way, uh Quincy says i'm like ash i want to play it, but how can i ever find time plus it is still pricey that is all true mm. and also Quincy, i don't recognize your name so if Quincy, you I think are this new, is the first time new. they said they were able to join oh, okay great well welcome and thank you for joining us yeah um the 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 thing is that from one of the even up to the point i played the plot seems kind of light like they make this big deal oh, yeah. the first cutscene of the main character, one of the main girls, uh, Subasa's sister, disappearing. And sorry for the slight spoilers, but you get it back within the first chapter. Yep. And oh. it's like, okay, okay, what's our overarching <laughs> plot? <laughs> so you're sort of figuring that out as time goes on, which I realize is also very similar to Persona Three. So maybe it's just a, a, a Atlas thing. 
I really prefer it when plot points are are introduced, but not necessarily resolved immediately, especially within the same chapter. I like it when when things are left to percolate and then things are brought back later. Like, oh yeah, remember that? It's important now. And one game that is masterful at that is Dragon Quest Eleven, and that didn't, you know, mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a one we need to talk about today. But that <laughs> is another uh, RPG for uh, Switch that is really good at that. Mm-hmm. The rest of this month was a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the list. I didn't really, I'm just like, uh. <clears throat> I didn't well, really get anything. One, I I didn't play this because I'm not a Warcraft Warcraft fan, but I do remember at the time though that yeah. Warcraft Three Reforged, which came out on January 28th, Oof. was not uh, received well by the Warcraft community, from what I understand. I saw a comparison, and it, like all the things they yeah. promised, like completely redone cutscenes and everything else, and it just coming out looking basic uh and yeah this was january 28th that warcraft 3 reforged came out yikes yeah <laughs> like i know amy heard about this and she was a big warcraft fan back in the day and she was like oh cool and then i looked into it more for her like oh no you don't want this <laughs> <laughs> right uh i guess on the same day kentucky route zero also came out on every platform i thought it had been out for longer than that it might have been the complete version or something like maybe. that. I think it was chapter-based. I'm not sure. But I, I haven't played that, and I really want to. I've, I've had it recommended to me uh, from several indie game fans. And uh, point-and-click adventures aren't always my thing. I have to be in the right mood. But uh, I really do want to check it out someday. Yeah, as as a bunch of our friends are pointing out in the chat, Byleth came out for Smash on the same day as Kentucky oh, yeah. Route Zero and Warcraft. Right. Easily the most exciting thing for for that day. Yeah. Um, and he I was just saying Lola. something. Yeah. yeah. I, I, to this date, I don't think I've played much of Byleth. Um, I got my fill of Byleth in, in Fire Emblem Three Houses. I, I didn't mm-hmm. really, you, you guys know I'm not a huge Smash aficionado. So I, I right. uh, <clears throat> didn't really jump on the opportunity to, uh, to pick up Byleth. But it does feel like that was incredibly long ago at this point. Yeah, yeah. it does. For me, it was, uh, like, I'm not a big <clears throat> Byleth fan, obviously. When it, when it was revealed to be Byleth, I was kind of disappointed. At the same time, though, uh, I was happy for their fans. But ma- mainly, though, Byleth brought with them uh, Garrick Mach Monastery, the stage, which is a really cool stage, mm. and gave us Three Houses music, which you can never, <clears throat> excuse me, you can never complain about having Fire Emblem Three Houses music in Smash, or just more Fire Emblem music in Smash, period. So uh, I, sure. I look at Byleth as a net positive, for sure. Absolutely. Completely agree. But, uh, yeah, moving into February, uh, I didn't play it personally. I don't think either of you do, did it either, but it seemed to have made a mark. Uh, Grand, Blue, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Uh, uh, I did which, play that a little. Oh, did I you think play that it? was only in Japan, though, right? It's, this is the Japanese release date. Oh, is that uh, the Japanese release, release date? Oh, I apologize. <clears throat> yep, that was the Japanese release date. Uh, right. It was too early. Whoop. Continuing on. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Uh, the next another... one I think is for you, Ash. Yeah. Um, well, not maybe, but I, I did want to point out that on February 4th, one of the most specifically targeted games I think I've ever heard of in terms of its audience, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics. Just that name. Like, I remember I remember when this was announced during like some Nintendo Direct or an indie direct or something. Like, I know there are a lot of Dark Crystal fans out there. Great. How many of those Dark Crystal or, or those fans are also fans of tactics games? Uh, like, well, uh, it's so I heard, specific. I heard Age of Resistance was good, but they really? also, it also isn't getting a second season, so I don't know if the viewerships were there. Yeah. Oh, man. And yeah, yeah it was E3 this... Direct, according to chat, the last in 2019. Okay, E3 Direct, okay. So speaking um, of... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. 
I was going to say, this game, like, like it's very rare that you know a game's going to fail, like, miserably before you even play it. And there was nothing that I saw about the game that I could point to and be like, oh, man, this game has problems. But just, like, the breathless, uh, seemingly desperate emails I would get about coverage for this game from PR mm. people, like, please play Dark Crystal. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, in the month leading up to it, I got an email probably every other day asking if uh Uh i wanted to cover this and i remember being in the gx discord and being like hey guys they really want us to play this like and and we we kind of convened and everyone's like but no one cares (laughs) like there's you know it's it's unfortunate but see the show at all and i never even saw the original movie i experienced a little bit when i uh did the post e3 Nintendo visit to New York uh, in 2019, and they were there, and I they felt earnest. They really did, but it was also kind of buggy and not great looking. So mm-hmm. it was it, it was a very basic tactics game. It felt like right. So right. But we've yeah, already spent well, more time thinking about this than anybody yeah, has. That's true. So, well, yeah. moving on to uh, February 14th had a couple of notable releases. It had Dreams, which I have not created anything in or really played much of but people love it and and i've the things people are creating in this game are really impressive so there's dreams and i know not for you steve but street fighter 5 champion edition i like street fighter 5 quite a bit um so i was happy to have the champion edition kind of you know give me everything in one go all the characters most of the stages most of the costumes uh so that was a you know a a nice release for me but i think probably what you were talking about Derek, for me is uh fast forward all the way to february 25th uh, incorrect. Get, uh... In- incorrect. Uh, oh, okay. Hatsune 20th, Miku. Maybe, Hatsune Mi- no, the 13th. Hatsune Miku, Project Diva Me- Megamix. Except that was, was also the Japanese release date. Was it? That oh my god, out. I gotta yeah. look closer at that. Oh, yeah, god. <laughs> that's okay. That didn't come out till le- here till later in the year. But actually, I guess I'll, I'll uh, move us to the 20th then, which is actually uh, a cool little indie game that I've worked as a producer on uh, for, for a brief time at Way Forward, and that's Vitamin Connection. Uh, that came out oh, on okay. February 20th, and uh, for those of you looking for a really cool asymmetrical multiplayer uh, indie game uh, by way forward. It's really good. I'm really happy with how it turned out. So uh, just a little shout out to Vitamin Connection there. I still but need to play that. It's really cool. I think you and your wife would enjoy playing it together. It's it definitely, it's a good single player game, but it really shines as a two player game. Nice. And it's co-op. Yeah. Uh, I'm just seeing a reminder here that February 20th, last this, this year is when we got Persona 5 Strikers in Japan and we have to wait until... February again. We had to wait a whole year for right. this freaking game. Yeah, I I do want to point out though because we skipped over it. Uh, Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, Snack World: The Dungeon Crawl Gold came out, and and I know that that's like a weird game for me to pick out of the list here, uh, but I reviewed <laughs> it. I reviewed it for GX, oh, okay. and it was it, it's notable to me because it was also the first review I did after moving in with my wife. So oh, she nice. had no idea how this whole game review thing worked. And she's like, why are you staying up so late playing this obviously stupid game? And I'm like, <laughs> I have to because I'm going to make a video about this game. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, she She's very supportive, but she was deeply confused as to why I would spend so much time on a game like this. Uh, Snack World, if you're wondering, is cute. It's kind of fun, but it is ultimately like one of the least remarkable games that came out this year. Like, it's not bad, it's not good, it's sure. just incredibly vanilla and has it, it, it's like a dungeon it's crawler five. with an odd obsession with food, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, and a really good theme song that is insanely I mean, stupid. 
food does make everything better. So I can, sure. you know, I can understand the obsession there. Um, this was also, or February 20th was also a day where we got Devil May Cry 3 Special Edition on Switch, which kind of rounded out the weirdly random DMC ports to Switch. Um, mm. And it also gave us Undernight Inbirth EXE Late C in, in brackets CLR. I don't know how to really say that, but clear? I just wanted to guess. maybe clear. I just wanted to point it out because Square Enix is not, they, they don't fully own the ridiculous no, naming I... schema. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Oof. Like that that even gives like three five eight over two days a run for its money, I gotta say. Yeah, really. Yeah. Twenty um, fifth was a heck of a day for you, Ash. Yes, it was. Uh mainly because and I reviewed this for GX, but Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection came out for every platform. And uh Capcom knocked it out of the park with this collection. It's it's one of the best Mega Man collections, not just because of the games included, but just because of how lovingly they ported them over. Uh, the all the you know the, the special features and the extras Z Chaser was a lot better than X Challenge uh, as a new mode, and uh, yeah, I gave it a really really glowing review at GX, and I stand by that. It's a it's a really great nice. collection. So if you haven't played these games, that is the way to do it for sure. Very cool. Uh, I still need to pick it up. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on a bit more of a sale just because I haven't had a chance to get to it. So I'm waiting for it to get down sure. to the same levels as the other Legacy collections. Uh, makes sense. Uh, makes sense. But yeah, I'm looking at this um, list and at the very end of the month, uh, Bandai released One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows. I was really excited for this game because I love One Fighting Punch Game man. of the Year, man. And uh, <laughs> right. It uh, it is one of the worst fighting games I've ever played in my life. Really? Oof, it's, like, oh, I heard it was pretty decent. That's it is so goddamn bland. Like, I mean, Aww. just grass growing levels of boring like it is Oof. they have like this whole one i mean you can never play a saitama which makes sense i mean he's just gonna murder everybody else in in one punch mm. but i mean the game literally boils down to filling your saitama gauge whoever does that first wins the fight like it, it, it's <laughs> i mean and i get that it that that vibes well with the jokey nature of one punch man but it makes for an incredibly boring game. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's like a a create your own character mode. But I have never wanted to be a character in the universe of an anime less than being one in the One Punch Man universe. Like, it seems pretty be pretty terrible to be a character in One Punch Man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a, a C-rank hero in, in One Punch Man because I'm probably going to get bodied by literally everything that shows up. And they just make, like, the character creation is incredibly bland. The movement is stiff. Like, there's there's almost zero redeeming qualities about this game, which is sad because it is based on a franchise that I absolutely love. But right. what can you do? I, th- I mean, I think I heard year. that they released, I think I heard they released DLC for, like, a dream version of Saitama that lets you play as him Oh, as if he wasn't overpowered, like he just plays Saitama as a regular character. And it's meant to be like, what would it be like to play as Saitama if he wasn't able to body everybody in one hit? That might be fun. I I mean, I bounced off the game so hard, I just never came back. So, yeah, (laughs) sure. Understandably. Um, I think that wraps up February, right? Pretty much. Yeah, I believe so. Going into March, now we have Grand Blue Fantasy versus. <laughs> not have to. <laughs> right. That did not take long. It was so close to each other. Again, I did not play it, but I, it, I've heard good things. People love the art style, but it is Axis Games. So I mean, I, I, I haven't played a ton. I played the. They have like a story mode that plays more like a beat 'em up, which I think is really cool. Like you have damage hmm. numbers and the whole thing. Um, 
and the artwork is just stunning. I mean, one mm-hmm. of the prettiest mm-hmm. looking fighting games I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. It, it looks like, and I think I said this in a previous episode, but it looks like that amazing artwork that was done for Final Fantasy Tactics turned into a game. And uh, if you've never seen like the the original art for the PlayStation Final Fantasy Tactics, that oh, stuff man, is just so, so good. good. Like, mm. I mean, I would probably in any other art style think Ramza from FFT looked like a dork. But that <laughs> yeah. that art style that they created him and looks so cool. And I remember when it came out that Cloud was in Final Fantasy Tactics and just mm-hmm. absolutely right. loving the work they did for him too. Even though he looks ostensibly, you know, less cool than than he did in, in Final Fantasy Seven. I just I don't know, there's something super charming about that noseless character artwork yeah. that they do. Yeah. Absolutely. Looks yeah. so good. So Grand Grand Blue gives me those vibes and I'm I'm here for it. I really need to devote uh, more effort to playing that. I played it once with Imran, who was on the show, like, in the very beginning, and he just destroyed me at that game. Like, I, I don't <laughs> really? even know the fundamentals, so I need to I need to get good, but it is it is visually the best-looking fighting game on the market to date. Wow. Nice. Even, even I, more I had... so than Fighters? Wow. Yeah, I think it yeah, looks better than Fighters, me. yeah. I, I, I mean, but that comes down to a difference in, in taste and art style. Because yeah. I think Fighters perfectly captures like the Dragon Ball Z aesthetic, like we were talking about before. But I just like the aesthetic of Grand Blue better. Fair, right, right. I, I still say, and I, I know you'll disagree, Steve. I still think Street Fighter Five is is a gorgeous game, but I know you think it looks like ass. So I, it's, I, and it's, that's an art style thing. That, that yeah, yeah. I, I was it. gonna say I don't think that it is technically like not sound oh, gotcha. in terms of the of visuals, course. but I think that yeah, the art style choice is just. It is, yeah. it is like nails on a chalkboard for me looking at Street Fighter V. Right. <laughs> I had no idea about this, but apparently Konami released Symphony of the Night on two, pla- the two, two platforms I would never, ever, ever want to play that game on, which is iOS and Android. <laughs> I had no idea they released that game on iOS and Android on March 4th. Okay. At least it's off PS4, I guess. I don't I know. I guess. It's, it's yeah. weird. Um even more interesting, though, is uh, I heard about the development of this game for so freaking long, but March 5th, Black Mesa released. Still haven't oh, played yeah. it, but I, it sort of came and went, though, because there was always that project that it was did. always sort of in the in the background working on it, and I'm sure it's great. It's it's Half-Life, but... Well, yeah, it started yeah. out as a mod, didn't it? Like, it was a mod. It, well, it was a project to cre- completely remake the original Half-Life, and I think in the Source engine by fans. Mm. I think that's what it was. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a big Half-Life guy. Um, mm. I mean, I, I get that I probably should play it. It has cultural significance, but it's just never, I don't know, Morgan. Or, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get it. it Head crabs, whatever. <laughs> I'm glad for people that like it. It's just so not my thing. It's never been mine either, to be honest. Like, I, I absolutely respect Half-Life's legacy, but it's just not. I, I struggle to care, it, it, but, but yeah, it's just not my thing. I hear you. <laughs> Azran127, not a Half-Life guy. Careful, Steve. You're carbon dating yourself. Not so only good. that, but Azran's on a roll. You want a damage number? I got one for you. 2020. <laughs> Perfectly stated. Perfectly stated. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of stuff that uh, you're not into, despite everybody around you loving it, uh, uh-huh. Mar- March 6th, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. Yep, it's fine. It is. It plays it's, yeah. well. It seems to be the best version of this game. 
Uh, I know people talk about how they cry during it. I can totally get those emotions when you're, you know, seven or eight playing a game like this. <laughs> but it's it's fine. It's just not for me. Just, the mystery dungeon genre has just never Same. really clicked for me. And, you know, there's cool things in it. If you're interested in the game at all, Chuck Conroy did a, a, a Let's Play of it this year. You can check that out. You know him. He'll uh, just devour this and really give you an, uh, how it goes. But for for the guy like me who's just not into the mystery dungeon genre, eh. <laughs> same. same. The one thing I can say about these games is I, I don't know about this one specifically, but the original Red and Blue Rescue Teams had killer soundtracks. I discovered them on the YouTube. The soundtrack one is night. good. Yeah. Yeah. Good, like very good. Really soundtracks. good soundtracks. But yeah, I don't. I'm not into the gameplay at all. Not much more to say than that, but not not too long after March 11th, or in the Will of the Wisps, did any of us play it? I know John did, did. of course, but okay, what'd you think? So it, it was weird. I, I got an early code for it, and I played it on, I think John had like a 1S or even an original Xbox One, like the, the VCR looking one, and I had the 1X, <laughs> and so I was playing it in 4K, and it ran like crap which was very Ooh, surprising like a lot of slowdown like for some reason the one x version even at release just performed incredibly poorly and so i put it down i was like i don't want to play it until they've fine-tuned it because i know you know what john says about just what an incredible game it is and that a large part of that is the mechanics and how good it feels uh so i, I put it down and i picked it up when the series x came around and oh my god what a what a great game like i uh, i yeah. played it like in 4k at 120 frames per second which i'll be honest i had a hard time noticing like i was just like oh uh-huh. it, i believe it's it pretty smooth yeah i believe um, that yeah so, but i was like i don't really know what 120 frames per second gets you in a 2d game <laughs> but um but whatever they that made it work and it was it was it's almost like they got upset that it was so poorly optimized when it came out that they went overboard um it is it is a, a breathtaking, beautiful game, and I mean, if you've never played Ori, the combat is surprisingly great. Like it feels really really well, good to. Fight. I hear that that's one major improvement they had for Will of the Wisp because Ori in the Blind Forest is fine. Oh okay, yeah, Very I've, I've never played uh, the Blind Forest, or at least not more yeah. than like the intro. Oh really? Yeah, Blind yeah. Forest oh, so... has a very. Like you have a literal ball around you, you sh- you shoot out things. That's it. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Will of the Wisps. You have like melee attacks with like a sword and stuff like that. Like you can jump nice. and dash in midair. It feels like mobility and combat are just so satisfying. They, yeah, they had the mobility down, the combat not so much. So right. I, I am looking forward to finally getting Will of the Wisps on Switch and trying more of that. But yeah, I've heard the Switch so is really good. You didn't feel like you were missing anything just jumping in with the second game and not having played the first much. Not really. I, I you cool. know, it, it, it seemed like it kind of just started, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm here." Cool. <laughs> like, nice. Both both of these games are really high on my list. I unfortunately never. I I have Ori One on Switch, and I need to play it. I just and I know I'm going to love it. Maybe just oh man, based well now you have I love oh, yeah. and the kinds of games I love. I know I'm going to love it. So as I a just fellow, need to get around to it. As a fellow OLED owner, for uh, Ori right. is one of the best games for that because it uses like you know, it uses lots of dark tones and blacks and so like you I'm really get excited. that get that uh 
you really get that great feeling of like color contrast that brings out mm-hmm. like the strength of an OLED screen in, in Ori. I definitely recommend that and Hollow Knight. Both of those are really great games to play on a high-end uh, TV. John, John nice. I know John Cartwright, our, our good friend John, is going to just, he's, his head's going to spin around on his spine when I say this, but Hollow Knight, I bounced off of. I'm, I, I get I'm, how I beautiful it is. It. It's a gorgeous game. I, I get how great it is, but it just isn't my thing. It isn't for me. I love Metroidvanias, but it's kind of got this Dark Souls-ish or Soulsborne-ish. And if, and if you bounce off the Dark Souls factor, aspect yeah. of it, then you're not going to get into it. I exactly. I enjoyed it, what I played. I want to get back to it at some point, especially with Silk Song uh, coming coming at some point. Uh, that might be my next indie game after um, Hades. Nice. I get into that. Uh, but continuing on... Um, I guess this was. I didn't hear a lot of talk about it. Did you know? Speaking of Souls-like games, Neo Two. Any of us try yeah, it? I didn't. I didn't even yeah. play it. People I heard loved it, it. I guess. I heard I people enjoyed it. the first one. I assume the second one's maybe better, but it's just one of those things. Like, hey, if you're looking for a Souls game, to you know, you know, to enjoy in the meantime, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, after that, we got the. Uh, the team the the team up of all team ups animal crossing <laughs> and doom eternal yes i just wow. retweeted something from uh from doom today yeah. like they they tweeted out like a picture of doom guy and isabel holding hands <laughs> I oh like, i got to i got to tweet that That's, yeah it's good yeah. it's good so yeah um man i feel like this was the day for gaming mm. this year like it, whether you were into animal crossing or not like i mean you were they did a really good job serving two very different <laughs> types of very gamer different. on this day. Yeah. But, um, and I actually really love both of these games, but obviously, you know, I was deeply embedded in animal crossing. Cause I was, I did the GX review for that, uh, which was both a frustrating and rewarding experience, you know, like putting, putting <laughs> the review together was harder than it needed to be. Um, but the, the response to that review was, so so nice like so it it made all of the uh, long nights really worth it because i had people saying like you know watching the review made them cry like and that they they were you know that it made people feel good and they were so happy this game was coming and it was just uh a, a really great feeling but i uh i mean i imagine that that you know we were talking about neo 2 and and games that came out near this and all I remember in the lead up to the review coming out was just everybody humming with anticipation for <laughs> Animal Crossing. Like, I mean, we'd all just gone into lockdown. Everybody was wanting something. And it, for whatever reason, Animal Crossing just became this cultural event that I don't think it would have been if we no. weren't all stuck at home. No. Um, yeah, that uh, it, its release timing was, I mean, I, I think I've said this before. Obviously, I'm sure... No, Clearly, no one at Nintendo would ever be happy for something like a pandemic, but it sure was a serendipitous occasion for them in terms Probably of Probably saved the rest of their year, considering everything else that got delayed for them, it seems. Exactly. Like, talk about the perfect game for them to be able to release at the perfect time. Yeah. Uh, when, when, when people are looking for a distraction. And uh, Animal Crossing, I've said it before, isn't my thing. I, I no, you know, or at least I've, I've kind of burned out on it after playing so much of, uh, of uh, New Leaf and Wild World, but... I know it's made such a huge difference in so many people's lives, and I'm so happy that it was able to come out uh, come out this year. 
Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was really perfect timing, and I think you know I am an Animal Crossing guy. I really like the game. I I come back for the holiday events now and then. I leave. I tweeted out a picture like when I came in for Toy Day, and my character still had all their Halloween stuff on. <laughs> uh, so I like threw him in a Santa suit and sat him down in like my Halloweened out house. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, so it, it to me it's uh you know I, I it's the second best selling Switch game of all time now behind mm-hmm. behind uh right. mario, mario kart. kart and so and that's in one year so that that should uh that's that should wild, tell you yeah. like what what really happened here you know the the crazy sales it got and i think in a lot of ways for a lot of people their year will be defined by this game and i think uh to an extent it defines my year as well it was easily the most successful video i did this year um but also also the one i probably poured the most of my time into i have to say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I did not pick it up. I, well, I picked it up because I was hoping to play with Amy, but this was also around the time that Amy got sick. And so it got to a point where she would play Animal Crossing and unfortunately associate with her being sick. So oh, yeah. she didn't get to enjoy it as much as she wanted to. And I bought it explicitly to play with her and I didn't play. So I, I, I didn't, I didn't really do much with animal crossing new horizons and I still need to beat doom 2016 before I get to doom eternal. So, uh, the, the month, this day was kind of a wash for me as far as that goes, but you know, I'm I'm, uh, again, perfect game for this, for this situation. I, I do have to say though, I love the dichotomy because one game starts with you landing on a deserted Island, you know, and, and making friends with a, with a Tanuki. And the other one quite literally begins with you twisting someone's head off. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, I I never expected animal crossing to go that direction with the head twisting off, but (laughs) it was Uh about time. (laughs) Um, I, I previewed doom eternal for game explain and uh, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't end up playing the full game just because I didn't really have time. But I really liked the, what I previewed. I, I played like three whole missions, and uh, the it's a very different game uh, the, from Doom 2016, which is I, what I don't think a lot of people were expecting. There's a lot more focus on ammo, uh, ammo management. The, the, the yeah. pace of the game is a lot less wild and a lot less in-your-face, and just it, it, there's a much more methodical pace to the game. And the game almost forces you to really learn its mechanics in mm-hmm. order to get the full enjoyment out of it. And that's not a bad thing. But it definitely was different from Doom 2016 in ways that I didn't expect. And I finished 2016. I really, I'm not even a shooter guy, and I love that game. It was a blast. Nice. Literally. <laughs> blast to the face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Other did... things happened in March, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happened in March, really. Because three days later, March 23rd, Half-Life Alex, which, again, I don't have VR. I don't think any of us have VR, so. I have two VR heads. <laughs> yeah, it's like I thought you did, Steve, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, but so, you but you're not into Half Life, so <laughs> no, I I own this though. So um, the pandemic and and you know like being home, not driving, not buying gas, and it being early on in this whole thing, I was like, I have so much money, I don't know what to do with all this money I have. Burning a hole in your pocket, yeah. And so I was like, <laughs> and, and then the stimulus checks came in, and I was like, this sounds like a great time to drop a thousand dollars on a VR headset. So I bought a Valve Index. And I proceeded to wait, I want to say, six months for it to show up. Um, Jeez. But I got it, and they gave me a copy of Half-Life Alex with it, because at the time that I ordered it, that was the going promotion for it. So I've played very little of it, and I can say, like, I I don't care much about the Half-Life portion of it. 
I'm sorry to say like it, you know, it doesn't, I've never played the games, so I don't have the, I don't understand the right. significance of what's going on in the game. But what I do understand mm-hmm. is, is that it is one of the best tech demos for VR hardware that I've ever, you know, yeah, interacted so with. Uh, like the Valve, if you're not familiar, the Valve Index comes with a finger tracking controller. So it knows like if you lift up your pinky, your character in the game lifts up just their pinky, right? Similarly, if you want to lift up any other singular digit, you can do that too. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, like people will throw you things and you actually have to like open your hand and catch the thing in midair or or you'll just fumble it and drop it. I'm not a good catch apparently, but um, (laughs) it is really cool. Like, I mean, I was marveling at like the simple things. Like I would have Alex like toss her gun from hand to hand, you know, and just... I'd, I'd catch it and throw it back to my other hand or I'd throw it up in the air and wait nice. for it to come down That's and grab crazy. it again. And I was like, this is really cool. Like, this is a really cool display of technology. That is all I can say about it, though. Like, as a game, I sure. have no clue because I played right. maybe two hours of it just doing goofy crap like that. That would be Fair a really enough. cool thing for them to implement in, like, a potential VR version of Bioshock Infinite with the way Elizabeth throws you clips and stuff. Like, that would be oh, yeah. cool if you Ooh, actually had cool. to catch oh, that would, That'd yeah. be rough, like, though, if you uh, dropped him in yeah. the middle of a firefight. <laughs> yeah, like, you're I like, know, oh, right? oh, God, Mr. <laughs> oh, Butterfinger's man. over here. I'm going to get shot yeah. in the temple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, as far as I can tell, unless anybody else sees anything else for March, there's only one really big game for me. I've got two was, things, um, but they're at the end of yeah, the month, like on the 26th. Yeah. Okay, then, yeah, you go first, because I have... All right, so the 26 had a game I didn't expect much of that over-delivered and a game I had high expectations for that completely <laughs> under-delivered. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the good surprise was Good Job. Like, I really mm-hmm. love that game. It is so funny. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I remember this was shortly before my best friend moved to Colorado because he moved in at the beginning of the pandemic, bought a house very happy for him it was sad to see him go though but one of the last games we messed around together in you know side by side was good job and uh i remember he was like there's there's a level where you're in a conference room and he was like hey why don't you launch the copier like into the conference room and see what happens and so we like rigged up like a rubber band kind of thing and we dragged this copier into it and just let it go and I mean, it rocketed through the wall so hard the game slowed down and like stuff started scattering everywhere. <laughs> it is side-splittingly funny, you know. I love those games where the whole point is to just do dumb crap. Uh, so, good uh-huh. job yeah. was like just one of my favorite surprise games of the year. On the flip side of that, there's Panzer Dragoon <laughs> remake, and I played yeah. Panzer Dragoon on the Saturn. And I remember being mm. very, very excited. I I actually know one of the guys that worked on this. And he initially was very excited. And then he just kind of stopped talking to me about it as it got closer to release. And I was like, yikes. Uh, and uh, so I think John reviewed it for GS. Yes, I think he did. Yes. And I remember DMing him and being like, what do you think, man? You got to tell me. I'm so excited. And he's like, this game sucks. And I was, <laughs> I was so deflated to hear oh, that. Oh, that's such a shame. And I watched his review and I picked up the game. Like, they, because I reviewed Stadia, they still send me like codes for it all the time. And so they sent me Panzer Dragoon. And I decided to play it on Stadia because I wasn't going to buy it after I'd heard so many bad things about it. And it was just so incredibly disappointing. It felt like just 
the worst kind of remake, like where somebody who just doesn't understand the game but knows what it looks like, uh, mm. you know, puts something Yikes. together. It just nothing that made Panzer Dragoon special is in that game. And I, I was really sad about that. But, uh, you know, I, at least I got good job. Right. True. Now, Derek, I know I know what you have to talk about on the on the 31st, and I, I'm sure that's going to go for a little bit. So I just want to sneak a couple of weird ones in there before we get to it. Right. Uh, first one, I haven't played it myself, but I want to because I love the series. I'm just waiting for it to go on sale. Bubble Bobble for Friends. Who ever thought a fourth Bubble Bobble game would come out in, in 2020? Apparently it's pretty decent. Uh, I guess there's not a whole lot of value. There's not like a lot of content, but it's still Bubble Bobble. And it comes with a whole arcade version, from what I understand, of the original game. So nice. just a quick shout out to Bubble mm-hmm. Bobble because I like the series. But the other one, and, and this is, was a weird thing that I, happened this oh year. Yeah, so I think you know where I'm going oh, with this. Cooking, yeah. Ma- Cooking Mama Cookstar, which apparently I mean, was... Yeah. Really recommend we watch our guests uh, Wednesday guests episode on the on Cooking Mama Cookstar. The uh, what happened on it is wild. Yeah, because nice. it was basically accused of mining cryptocurrency, like like mining bitcoins and integrating blockchain check technology. And and I guess that was ultimately proven false. But the game had like a different publisher by platform, I think, or by re. It, it's a weird. Mm. Thing. I don't think it was made by the same people who made the original no, Cooking Mama. it Mamas, wasn't. Um, or Cooking's Mama. Um, but, yeah, I I, I, don't, I didn't play it, but I just wanted to call it out because what other game in 2020 or any year got accused of uh, mining Bitcoin in the background, right? Yeah, didn't it also yeah. overheat switches? Like, people were saying yeah. something like it made switches. I heard about that. Overheat. Yeah, so, I don't know if that was ever actually borne out, like proven, but I've heard. I know I it was can't remember for the life of me. Yeah, I, but anyway, it was just a really weird situation surrounding. Cookstar. I really wish I had bought this game when it was available, like physically, just to have like that weird uh-huh. one-off, like total cluster of a game on my shelf. That's but, going to be rare now, and probably yeah, worth exactly. A lot. I'm sure it's worth good money now. Go for check an eBay probably. as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's let's hear people out there cook uh oh man it's an autocomplete nope it is cheap as hell it's like 38 oh, bucks really? oh nice. sweet I mean, they made out then you're okay charlie yeah. bird says cookie mama cook stars the most 2020 game of 2020 that's that's fair that is a good point <laughs> yeah <laughs> um all right. Well, then for mine, of course, is Persona 5 Royal, which I did a review in progress of and then 2020 Amy was getting really sick and there was the whole um ba- you know babies you know making sure she was okay with the baby and all that <laughs> and also uh another game was coming up very quickly that I was uh we'll be talking about soon that I had to oh, just switch yes. over to um I that said in the time I had it I did make it all the way back to the casino palace I just I I loved all the changes it plays so much better than the original game it's a lot easier than, well it's easier in the fact that it's uh if you know what you're doing you can you can get through all the confidants really easily although they changed up two of the bosses one in particular they changed in a horrendous way and is uh i was oh i was cursing <laughs> he was not yeah. fun to deal with um but uh made it through and I have so many people tell me like I need to play the new scenario that happens 
in this third semester, as as Rox's uh, Rox's gamepad mentions, and I eventually want to play that, and so I can give my opinions on it, especially with Strikers coming out so soon. I want to get to it, but it's just a matter of finding time. Yep. Because I've heard good things. Yeah. I've I've set myself up because I've been waiting to be able to uh, to date. Uh, was it Kasumi? I think is a new character's name. Um. But uh, yeah, I'm just I, I was really really great update to it and i can't say if it's until i play that third semester if it's the definitive way to play persona 5 but if you're just looking at gameplay aspects to it yeah it it plays so much better than the original nice nice this is just one of those games where i if i had 100 hours i would absolutely play it yeah you know I, i want to um but i will say that that what i have seen in plate of p5 just on a surface level at least doesn't appeal to me nearly as much as p4 did uh, I, I just really, and, and I can only say that as somebody who's, you know, not played, I've only played some parts of the game and I, I only know a bit, like a little bit about the characters. Right. But I love P4's cast and world and setting and, and just vibe so much. And P5 doesn't quite hit that same note for me, at least from what I played. But again, I haven't played the whole game, so I can't really yeah, say for that's sure. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've played enough of Persona 5 to know that it is a game I absolutely would see through to completion if I had the time. Um, I, I really like everything I've played of Persona 5. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a game that not only do I feel, I think its biggest issue for me is that I feel it doesn't respect the player's time. And mm. when, what I say, when I say that, it doesn't mean that it's too long because I feel like that's really subjective, but I feel like to make meaningful progress in Persona 5, you have to dedicate a few hours each time you sit down with the game. Like, there's no, I'm going to bang out 30 minutes or an hour of Persona 5 and and mm. have done anything worth doing. So, you know, I feel like I've got to carve out three hours minimum to sit down and play this game with no interruptions, and then maybe I'll have done something that I can pick it up next time I, I play the game. Um, and the issue for me become becomes because I have to spend that amount of time. I then, you know, those those moments that I have that amount of time are so few and far between that by the next time I pick it up, I forgot what the hell I was trying to accomplish. It's, right. it's funny you say that because that's how I played the original Persona Five because I it came out at the beginning of the year and I would play it in chunks because I was so busy with Game Explain stuff and. I, I I had to fight that temptation to just restart each time because I knew how long it would take to get back to where I was and just <laughs> fail again. So it did a good job of catching up on what you did last. And I kind of got into the flow of things pretty well. And really, yeah, you only have that amount of time, but you get sucked into it so much, I felt, uh, with the story or the things you were trying to do. It was... I don't know. There was something about it that really clicked with me. I like all the characters. There are some issues here and there, but um, I'm, I'm I'm quite excited to get back to Royal at some point. I, and I'm playing through Persona 3 now. Persona 4 will be on the list eventually. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm interested in all those. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that all goes. But at the very least, Strikers. Strikers looks fun. Looking forward yeah, to that. For yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm excited to check that out too. Hopefully. By the way, but you'll probably, I don't know if you'll get heavy spoilers for the first Persona, for Persona 5 from that, but you get some, probably. It's very okay. right. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I can think of another year in gaming where April actually turned out to be like my favorite month of the year. April <laughs> right? is usually like kind of a dead month for gaming, or at least a, a less exciting month, typically. 
Mm. But man, April 2020 killed it in games. And, and is... I'll let you uh, take this away, Derek. I mean, I mean, April 3rd, right off the bat, like we didn't even get to this thing you're probably talking about. April 3rd, oh, yeah. Resident Evil 3, which I've not played. I want to, uh, but I just didn't get a chance to have the time, which is ironic because apparently it's only like three hours long. But I think that's another reason it's I sure. should waited. It came and went so fast. Like uh, we just did Resident Evil 2, or not just, but we played Resident Evil 2 for Game Explained Game Club a few months ago. And I thought it was great. But according to Resident Evil fans, 3 was a lot, was really disappointing compared to Resident Evil 2 Remake. And yeah, as you said, Derek, I heard it was like a few hours long and it just kind of came and went. It felt like a drop in the bucket, to be honest. I think it was done by a different studio, so that's why the quality was a little mm-hmm. different. And I've heard good things, like there's good things in there. It just doesn't quite capture the entire spirit of Resident right. Evil 3. Right. Um so but, that's, I think that's true. I do want to play it eventually. I do. There is another game that came out uh, a week later that did successfully capture the spirit of its original version <sighs> and ended up being my game of the year. And I think yours too, Derek. Mine and too. And that, of course, is Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Steve, I know it wasn't your game of the year, but I, I know you loved it just as much oh, as Oh, absolutely. We did. Yeah. And Final Fantasy VII what, Remake is special. Yeah. Like, so special. Like, what can hmm. we even say about this game that we haven't already and that wouldn't, you know, derail this discussion for hours because oh, we seriously. could talk about this game oh, forever in terms of everything can, it did right. <laughs> I could tell you some things. Um, uh-huh. This was a nightmare to cover. Final Fantasy oh, VII sure. Remake was the worst experience I had reviewing a game in, in 2020. And that is because uh, doing No Salt part to Square, um, mm, they yeah. so the review embargo for Final Fantasy VII Remake was April 6th. We got the game on April 4th. <laughs> right. And that is, so it was originally our intention to have Derek review it. It was just like, hey, you know, this is definitely going to be Derek's game. And I mean, they just didn't give us time. And I don't know if it was lunacy or what it was, but I was like, yeah, I guess I could do it. I could probably beat the game in that <laughs> amount of time. And I did not sleep. I powered through this whole game in two days basically and i mean i don't think i've ever suffered more to make a video than i did for this game i mean you can i i sent derek my draft of the review i was oh i needed to basically rewrite the whole thing (laughs) yeah it was i mean i had i had a jumble of thoughts but i mean i literally thinking back on it right now i can feel my eyes burning like just the, the the incredible pain i was in to just get it done and i remember like my my wife god bless her she was like she was like i love you i'm glad this is over go take a shower and leave game yeah. explain as soon as you can like she <laughs> I, I will be the first to admit that this is where nice. she just turned on game explain she was like uh-huh. you need you need to get out of there she's like never do this again and i was like yeah yeah, I probably this is not defensible. <laughs> I was like, I should, yeah. I should yeah. not. Have I, done I, this. I, and hey, I said all my stuff I was going through, and the thing was, I was loving every minute of playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. By the time you were doing your review, I think I was at Walmart uh, doing that stuff, so I was roughly halfway through. So definitely not enough time to finish it all up. But I, I was the one to do all the guide stuff on for Game Explain on Final Fantasy VII Remake, and there's a lot of guide right. stuff yep. between all the hand massages, getting all the damn dresses, because um, that was repetitious as hell doing that one. Um, and just uh, whatever guy, other guides we did, I think all the weapon locations, just all of it, and. 
uh, I am so glad to not have to do guide work anymore for games because it's a testament to how much I love this game because guide work usually kills my enjoyment of a game. Just kills any kind of excitement I had for it to do repetitious things and just focus on that so much. And yeah, I... I loved it so much. I actually, I, I played Final Fantasy VII Remake again on stream on hard mode and just loved it to death again. Like Ash said, game of the year easily. Uh, I just I felt so bad for you guys though because that is especially in. for you, Steve. I, I wouldn't. That's I would never have wanted to experience that game in such a way. And, oh yeah. And uh, of course, mm-hmm. that, that was not you know I, I was still doing plenty of work for Game Explain by that point, but I had certainly by that point you know my, my wife had kind of turned on Game Explain long before this uh for for similar reasons in terms of the uh you know work being put into it versus the, what i was getting out of it and uh nothing quite so well i did have one really what was it there was a game that i reviewed that i, I had to beat it in like two days or three days and it was pretty rough but uh but uh i would not have wanted to experience ff7 remake like that and that just but that also uh is testament to just the game's quality that you were still able to love it and appreciate it the way you did Oh yeah, and, um, I mean it yeah. is. It is one of. First off, I mean of of remakes, it's the best one ever made. I mean, hands down, I can't think of a remake that that has done a better job of capturing uh, the feel of of the source material than this. I've, I've or or that is as ambitious as this. I feel like they they completely mm. transformed Final Fantasy VII into something new while still mm. making it feel familiar, which is so incredible. really hard. Yeah, yeah, also really hard. And, yeah. and like I mentioned, we've discussed Final Fantasy VII a bunch um, since it came out. But one of the things that I always go back to is, you know, this this was a flat world in, in the PS1 version. It was just screens of pre-rendered stuff with nothing in between. And they did this incredible job just filling in those blanks in a way that feels believable. I mean, yeah. I never once thought, well, that's not what I imagined this part of Midgar looked like. It just all felt natural. Like, this is, yeah, yeah this is exactly this what it. I expected. So, yeah. kudos kudos to Square for actually pulling this off because I, I had my doubts. But, I mean, this game demoed well. You know, like, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, I'm so hyped for this. It's exciting mm-hmm. to play. Like, it looks mm-hmm. great. I was like, there's got to be a downside. And when I played through the whole game, I was like, nope. <laughs> it's it's that good so yeah well um, the downside if you if you you know, believe internet trolls is it's not a complete game it's only th- one third of a game or less yeah. it is a complete game it is it is a it is a full a game experience yeah it is a yeah. whole ass game I'm, and uh yeah. whether the whether uh, their crazy gambit pays off it really depends on the next game but i am there for it that's all i care at and you know what i'll probably even stick with it beyond that because then then i then i just have to see the train wreck to the end if it does become a train wreck i don't care exactly yep but i got you know i think my my initial playthrough was i clocked in at around 50 hours or so i did everything i did all, all the side quests that is a complete game any anything i spent 50 hours on is a complete game in my book i, I think i and, put in like 60 or 70 so yeah yeah and and i still want to go back through and play you know i'd love to play hard mode but i'm i'm really waiting for the inevitable uh ps5 you know release of the game because i know it's just going to look even i mean it already looked incredible despite that texture glitch it looked incredible and not only did it look incredible it sounded like that soundtrack (laughs) is my favorite (laughs) of the year one of the things that that i want to point out is of every game i played and reviewed this year 
Final Fantasy VII is the only one that I specifically went out and purchased the collector's edition of, even though I'd already beat the game by the time it came out. I was like, yeah, right. you know, one, I suffered to beat this game. <laughs> I still yeah. have, like, like uh, you know, I still haven't had the desire to pick it up again, like, and play it, because one, like you, Ash, I firmly believe there's a next-gen version coming, but uh, mm. two, you know, it's it's just, man, <laughs> there's still memories <laughs> that linger. Um yeah. And but but even through all that, I was like, this game kicks so much ass. Like I still need yeah. to go and I want to give Square money for this because it was such a great experience. So mm. yeah, I've I've got FF seven back there and, and uh I w- I would have it no other way. It's it's easily like I struggled between this and uh what I did pick for my game of the year. Like it was okay. it was definitely a very right. difficult right. choice. Oh, I believe yeah. it. It's uh just loved it and uh Thank God we don't have to kill ourselves anymore. As Hyrule right. Warriors proved, I didn't have to kill myself right. to get that review done on time. <laughs> it's yeah. nice when you well, can actually, sleep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And and actually, this, this next game, so so this this wasn't the only uh, game Square Enix released this month. And uh, actually, this review period for me was really rough because I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't need just a weekend like you, Steve. I got about six days uh, to review this game. And I what was it about time. April for all of us? <laughs> I know, right. Um, but yeah, I got about six days to play and review Trials of Mana, and uh, that came out on April 24th, and uh, it was really good. Really, really good remake of uh, Seiken Densetsu 3 uh, for the Super Famicom, and, uh, but it, it was a rough, you know, having to play the entire game and get a video out in about six days. Uh, but absolutely worth it. it, it uh, the review did well, but but more importantly, the game was just a pleasure to experience. Um, I'm sure some people in our live, live audience have played it as well. I was very impressed by how they took what was, as you said, Steve, about FF7, a flat game on, on Super Famicom uh, and faithfully translated a 2D game world into 3D without fundamentally changing the game itself. It, it is almost as if they just lifted the, the the game world out of the Super Famicom version and built it up, and and the the, the maps look the same, every, the, everything's laid out the same, but it's in a three D context, and it was really well done. And I think my one of my favorite things about it was that it was unapologetically, unabashedly old school. It felt like a PS two era action RPG, and it was it wasn't overcomplicated. It wasn't it didn't go out of its way to do too much. It was just a a nice old school feeling action RPG. Uh, and it was, a, it was a lot of fun. Great, great remix soundtrack. Unlike the, uh, secret of mana remake. Um, it looked really nice. Yeah. Just, just a great, really solid game all around. I, yeah, I, I tried out, I tried it out and of course, uh, play the demo. Boy, that voice acting leaves a bad first impression. <laughs> Gameplay was it great, does. but that, that, it, that voice acting really can turn you off. Oh, and, and I, I kind of highlighted that in my review. I may, I, I picked out a few really bad scenes. What's so funny about the voice acting, though, is that some of it's actually pretty good. It, it's almost yeah. as though it's a voice direction problem. Because yeah, and that's usually some, the case. Yeah, like there was some talent there. But yeah, the voice directing was really weird, and some of those scenes were terribly acted. <laughs> I, I'm so curious to try it out, because I've heard good things. I think Lady Pelvic just put out a review of Trials of Mana as well, so I, I still need to check that oh, out. Oh, nice. I gotta check that out. Um, but I, I, and it's one of those things I need to get to. I've still haven't played the original from the collection of Mana. I think I, I got through a little bit of Secret of Mana and then stopped because of other things going on. Played Final Fantasy Adventure from the collection of Mana, but yeah, I, nice. I, it's one of those I want to get back to. 
at some point. And I still haven't even picked it up. I have the Secret of Mana remake, but not the Trials of Mana remake. So right. eventually I'll get though, there. Unfortunately, Trials of Mana, as much as I enjoyed it and the, the review turned out really well, that was the main reason that I didn't get to finish FF7 Remake in time to discuss it with you guys because yeah. I basically got FF7 and then immediately had to put it down to play Trials of Mana, which I was cursing at the time, uh, even though I did end up liking the game. So I unfortunately missed out on a lot of the uh, timely discussions about it, and I still haven't really ever gotten to talk about it with anybody. And it's, so We, that's we have all these discussion ideas. We just need to take some time this month and just crank yeah. these out because, yeah. I and and Charlie say... Bird says... Uh, in the chat here says honestly i think reviews after games release can be great it allows the reviewer to take a step back from the hype also has the ability to actually enjoy the game so and that's what happened with me with hyrule warriors (laughs) i just right really got sucked into it yeah and i i want to be clear that getting two or even like six days is not always the case like it's not the norm in in many cases um square was was pretty bad (laughs) with what they did to us on (laughs) ff7 um because we, it's not like they did that to everyone. Uh, we were no. we were one of the only outlets they did that to, um, and uh, there we had a whole a whole thing that I won't go into a square in their legal department where I had to I had to spend hours oh, on man, the phone to deal with that. We ended oh, up pulling yeah. the review at one point. It was a yeah. fucking mess. <laughs> but um, yeah. I was I was not thrilled, especially after all the work I did. But um, there, you know, lots of. Uh, like I would say that there are companies out there that are much more mindful of the fact that reviewers need time. Um, you know, we got the PS5 like weeks early, along with some games, but then there were some that like came out the the night before the PS5 came out, and I was just like, hey, I'm not going to do videos on these. That's not cool. Um, yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, and I, I think I got a month or three weeks on Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Still yeah. barely beat it in time because of Jeez. how yeah. big that game was. I, I forget how long I had for Dragon Quest Eleven S to get that review done on time. I feel like you had like two or three two, weeks, maybe two. Two three weeks. weeks, but that game is also huge, and I was going through like I wanted. To, I wanted to get to the third act, dang it, <laughs> just seeing what that was all about. And by that point, I was just sucked in. That was hours, yeah. hours in my chair recording and playing that game. Yeah, yeah. The, and it. and that is really like. Uh, I, I always think about that when when I go to sit down to write a review. I'm like, did I forget I was reviewing it? Like, can, is a game good enough mm-hmm. to make me forget that I'm working? Like, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And and when that happens, that is a special game usually because like you know, I one of the one of my favorite things that I'll do is realize I stopped taking notes. I'm like, oh man, I just got so sucked into the game that I was just vibing and enjoying it. Like, you know, so. It's it doesn't always happen, but when it does, you're like that's that's a special game right there. But I, uh, yeah. yeah, I I I I don't want to make it seem though that like we always get two or three days to finish these. Like no, no, we generally, generally have decent amount of time. Much better than that, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's odd, it's odd too, just how much those review turnaround times can vary or review periods can vary, even in the same company. Like for for example, I was one of the very very first. Uh, critics, YouTubers, reviewers, whatever, to get Mega Man 11 back in 2018, 2017. Uh, and I got like a month to play it. Like I got it way before pretty much And anybody. you don't need a month to play Mega Man 11. And that's, and Man that's 11. Mega Man 11. But then by the same token, I got like five or six days to do Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2. So, and that was a hell review period. Like I had mm-hmm. to play and beat eight games and do X Challenge in like six days. And, and that, so, but it's just so weird. Like Capcom gave me a month for a single 
three hour platformer, but then gave me six days for. Ah, eight you played these games, games before they knew. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I, I know. Yeah, I think a lot of that also comes down to the expectation of how the mm. game will be received on the PR part. Right? They're like, man, if That's we don't give too. them time, yeah. there won't be a review. And and yeah. as crappy as that is, it definitely is is realistic. Like, look at Cyberpunk. Right? <laughs> we got that the mm, night before right. it came out. And of course, now now look at what people are saying about it. So, right. Also, mm-hmm. obligatory negative cyberpunk mention of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I will just really quick. I know we have one more game to mention this month, which is special to all of us. Do we want to cut it in April though? And and yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, okay. I think it's a good idea to cut it in April with the way. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to point out that we that we do have a guest uh, two episodes away from now. Uh, Derek was mentioning guide work. We have Janet Garcia, who used to, is formerly of IGN's guides department. Oh, nice. So we'll have her on the sixth. So we might need to do two episodes, then take a break, then, or, or have her on yeah. for the final chunk. But, um, yeah, so, we can so ask her what, what she's interested in doing. We'll see what kind of news comes out, that sort of thing. Yeah, that and too. Yeah. Just do so, this. But there may be it, a, like a one really episode break to... in between. Yeah, it's it's been really fun to go back and think about all these, and even note ones that I still need to try out, like Soccer Wars, because uh, Mars right. Girl, uh, Kaylin reviewed that for GX. I talked to her because I I followed her on Twitter for a while and saw that she was a huge Soccer Wars fan, playing the Japanese releases. I'm like, this is perfect. What is her opinion on this? And it seems really good. Uh, it has character designs by Taite Kubo. And uh, it oh, apparently wow. is just more of an action RPG, action RPG focus for the game. And I still want to go back and play it at some point, mm-hmm. but it's just you know, time. yeah, yeah, <laughs> just so many. Yeah. That that sounds awesome. Actually, <laughs> like I didn't know it was an it action does. RPG. Did, did did you did you uh, if you hadn't checked out the review, I'd actually really recommend it. She did a great job. Nice. I, I do need yeah. to check it out. I I barely watched our videos when we were on GX just because I was always working on a new one. So yeah, same. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do need to take some time to do that. I did, however, speaking of videos, real quick. I shouldn't even be mentioning this because I'm running out of time. But Summoning Salt put out a new video last night. It is great. It's about the uh, I can't wait world history of Super Mario Brothers Two speedruns. So if you have time, go check it out. It's like 50 minutes, but it's so good. Oh wow. Um, like when, when there's like an, another big like a huge speed run record made and it's like big enough to make news we should see if we can get summoning salt as a guest on, on the show because oh, i man. just love his videos so mm. much yeah i i do really in, enjoy getting to uh getting to watch his videos he just the dude is is ridiculously good at what he does uh, i'm yeah. jealous so <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice all right so well that's it, right? Well, no, no. there's one more game for April. And, and April April ended off with a bang on the 30th with Streets of Rage 4. Oh, oh man. Yes. How could I miss that? Yeah. <laughs> now, that's my number two game of the year. So April gave me my, my number one and number two games of the year. I don't think I ranked my top five. It'd oh, be up yeah, there. I, yeah. I, don't, I didn't either, but Streets of Rage is definitely in it. Like, I had yeah. such a good time with that. It, it is... What a I, game. I played through it, and then I played through a good chunk of it with you online, Derek. It, it is... Yeah, and the online wasn't the greatest when we tried it out. I think yeah. it was still pre-release. And yeah. I still had a blast with you. <laughs> we were dropping and whatnot, but that those times we could actually play together was great. And oh, I rebought man. it on the Switch so I could play through, I think, if not the entire game, then most of it with uh, Ted of uh, Brain Scratch. And uh, just had a blast playing it with with him again. It's just like 
the mechanics of this game are so good and i love the reinterpretation of how lives work where each level has its own like sort of life life pool that makes it maintain difficulty because if you have unlimited lives as you're going through a beat-em-up eventually you're going to get a little bored like yeah it's like yeah, yeah. so this gives it a little bit more for Streets of Rage Four is just so finely crafted and and tuned and and just well tuned. It's it's not often that you see a revival uh, of that nature just done so lovingly and accurately. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that 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 the uh, you know Lizard Cube and Guard Crush, the people who made the game, they are such Streets of Rage scholars and just yep. and, and right down to the way every hit feels. Every hit feels just right. And it's just such a joy to play, and it absolutely is a poster child for beat 'em ups not being dead. Beat 'em ups never should have been considered dead or or a uh, you know like a has been genre. There absolutely is a place in modern gaming for beat 'em ups, and Streets of Rage Four more than proves it. What a game! Yeah, what I really yeah. would like to see is is a revival of two D games in general. I mean. This mm-hmm. is this is their second yeah. uh, Lizard Cube specifically, like their second revival of like a long dead franchise with just beautiful HD art. And I want more games like this. I, I want... know. The problem is they take time because of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it is much more time consuming. But good lord, the the finish or the final product cannot be argued with. Like they they are just incredible to behold. Like I like these games far more than i like uh cuphead for instance and i think cuphead is a gorgeous game Mm -hmm. i just Mm -hmm. i i would give them however much money they need to keep doing what they're doing because i want like a shinobi from them i want i want to see an rpg from them i want to see a fighting game like whatever they want to do let them do it because every every, they they make gold (laughs) as far as here you go steve if you want an rpg from them fantasy star 4 Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fantasy Star 4. I've not played it, but I know that's down your alley. Dude, Fantasy, so Fantasy Star 4 is one of the greatest turn-based RPGs of all time. Wow. Just bar none. I've heard and really good things about it. I need it, yeah. to try it. Yeah, if you've never played it, you owe it to yourself. Especially you, Derek, as an RPG fan, to to give it a give it a shot. Because I, 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 mean, I plan to play more RPGs as we go along this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying, if they're if you're hurting for an RPG to play, <laughs> Fancy Star Four is is definitely one of the better ones. Um, real real quick, I just want to address something from Coincy in the chat. Uh, we actually do still receive review copies uh so if you don't know derek's copy of hyrule warriors was provided by nintendo for his review um my copy of cyberpunk 2077 was provided by cdpr for review um and and you know we're we're still starting out but there will be there will be more to come on that front i can't confirm anything beyond that but the the Mm -hmm. reviews we've put out have all been uh the copies for those reviews have been provided by publishers we we're not still have some connections Yeah, yeah I, I have a really good uh, I have a really good relationship with um, Yacht Club, so I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to get a, a review copy of Cyber Shadow. And, and I uh, yeah. I somehow ended up on the I don't even know how I managed to end up on the email list for Sega slash uh, Atlas, not Sonic games specifically, but anything else from Sega and Atlas, I can usually right. get a, a heads up from. So, yeah, yeah. So we all that's have, a good have various relationships. That, yeah, and, and Steve especially. But yeah, we yeah, all Steve have existing really. relationships that uh, we should be okay generally with review copies for uh, GVG. But um, but yeah, just Fantasy Star Four is funny. I know I would have enjoyed it uh, back in the day if I'd played it. But I was I had a Genesis, but I was always more of a Nintendo kid. So 
all the JRPGs I sank my hours into were mainly on the Nintendo side. So I mostly missed out on the Fantasy Star games and such, but I I do want to go back and play them because I love me some 2D JRPGs. Yeah, as Charlie Mm -hmm. Bird mentions, it's on the uh, Genesis Classics collection for the Switch. So you can pick up Fantasy Star 4 pretty easy for like 20 bucks. I forgot about that. And, okay, and that game alone that makes it worth yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have I have it on Sonic's Ultimate Genesis collection on the PS3. Yeah. On nice. on a weird unrelated note, only because we're this is a weird episode anyway. Um, one of my favorite VR experiences, no joke, is playing Genesis Collection in VR. Because and I didn't know you did this. Like I I randomly started the game with my headset on because it said it was VR compatible. It just plops you in a living room that looks like a kid or it plops you in a room that looks like a kid's room and you can sit down on the floor. And if you have a controller in hand, you can just grab a game off the shelf, plug it into the Genesis in the room and just play the play the game in VR. That's so, so cool. That's sitting cool. in a room. Yeah. And it's just That's on a little really CRT neat. in the room, which is one of the best implementations of a VR I've ever seen for no good. That's reason. legit. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's... If, if you have a VR set and you want to play Fantasy Star in the most expensive way possible, you can do it there. Um, right. But with that, I think uh, that's that signals the end of tonight's episode. And normally, I would have an entire spiel I could go into about how we did all the news stories for today, but we didn't. So instead, <laughs> we've covered one-third of uh, the year 2020 in terms mm. of releases. But before we sign off, we have to give special thanks to all of our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. In addition, a massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks are as follows. Rob, our man X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Adam O'Sullivan, Floating Mew, Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, my mom, hi mom, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Titus Malvolio, Jake Pelka, Michael Phone, Mitchell Herring, Game Explain, Charles Zaz, Andrew Medeiros, Jonathan Belmare, Kitty Kong Facts, Patrick Harrison, Scott Barber, Evernight Studio, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Azran127, Phantom 23, Sean Garrett, Shadow the Cat, and Guillaume Monet. Remember, you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. If you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night and good vibes. Bye, Bye everyone. Good night, everybody.